بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بإذن الله Today we'll be speaking about a topic that's misunderstood by many people and this is the topic of norms or traditions or cultures or habits when it comes to society or a group of people. When we look at this tradition or this culture or these norms, we find that people are of different groups. They are those who take everything. So whether it's in accordance with what Allah and his messenger have said or not, then there are those who try to stay away from any type of culture and norm and they believe that there is no place for culture and tradition in the Sharia. And then there are those who not really sure about the debate. They keep quiet and listening to both sides, not really knowing what's going on. The reason why we mention this is Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, in one of the sub-chapters in Kitab al-Buyu' he mentions three ahadith in relation to this topic. So when it comes to the norms of society, when it comes to the tradition and the culture, where is it applicable and where is it not applicable? He mentions three ahadith. Before we get into these ahadith, we must remember that in the Sharia, yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us principles, He has given us guidelines, He has given us specific rulings when it comes to certain things. And then there are certain things where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us guidance. But He has not specified or He has not mentioned specifically what we should do. So, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how a husband must spend on his wife. How much should he spend on her? Does he have to give her, for example, $1,000 or $10,000 a month? Does he have to give her a double-story house or a single-story house? Does he have to take her on holiday, for example? Nothing of that nature is specified. Also, when it comes to a newborn child, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how for the father or upon the father, he has to pay for this child, the expenses, etc. Basically, the clothing, the expenses, etc. How much do you have to buy the child one garment or two garments? Do you have to buy him, for example, so many toys? How many toys do you buy him? Nothing of that nature is specified. So when it comes to this topic, we say that the scholars all agree that when it comes to tradition, when it comes to the norms of society, when it comes to culture, etc., everything that goes against what Allah and His Messenger have ordered, we leave it. So, for example, here we are speaking about business and the topic of buying and selling. So, we all know that interest has been prohibited. If the norm and the culture in our society dictates that if I give you a loan for a thousand dollars, it's normal and it's well known that when you return this money, you must pay the thousand plus another 10%. Here we find that the Sharia, what the Sharia has ordered and the norms of society or the culture, here they are clashing. So we say that we go according to what Allah and his messenger have ordered and we leave the interest because it's haram. We do not follow the norm or culture of society. So that's the first condition when it comes to the norm and the tradition of society. Whatever goes against what Allah and his messenger have ordered, we leave it. The second is when it comes to this norm, we find that this differs from place to place, from group to group, 
even at times from family to family, when it comes to looking at it on a larger scale. So communities, for example, people who are living in different countries, according to some of the examples we mentioned before, what a person may consider as spending on his wife in one community may be very little compared to another community. What is considered spending upon the child may be very extravagant in one community and it may be looked down or frowned upon in another community. So because Islam is a complete religion applicable to everybody living wherever they are, when it comes to these small, small details, it's been left to the norms of society, things that have not been specified particularly, as long as it doesn't go against the Sharia, and as long as the people have agreed to take this as a guideline then there is no harm in practicing upon it. That's why so many verses in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions the word bil ma'roof. Bil ma'roof, if somebody wants to translate it as with goodness, what does with goodness mean? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that you should spend on the child, bil ma'roof, if you want to translate it as with goodness, what does that mean? That literally means according to what is good in your society and what has been agreed Upon. So when it comes to this subchapter that Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah has included in Kitab al-Buyu' he mentions three ahadith. The first is where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had got some cupping done and the one who did the cupping, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ordered that one sa' We've mentioned before that a sa' is a measurement roughly four handfuls. So he ordered that a sa' be given to this person who was known as Abu Taybah. The reason Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions this hadith here as mentioned by Ibn Hajar and others rahimahumullah is that there was no agreement on the price. So the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not say that you should do my cupping and I will pay you so much. Rather it was known that this person, the one who does the cupping will be given one sa' of dates. Hence after he was done, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam ordered that one sa' be given to Abu Taiba. So look at how here the norm or what was known in society is prevalent because it's not something that's been specified. There is no hadith that says that somebody who does cupping or somebody who does a job for you, you should give him X amount. We know that we have to pay him. We know that we have to give him his right. So as we know that when you hire somebody, obviously it's best to agree on the price before, to say that this will be done for so much, for so much, for so much, etc. So there's no fighting and no problems. However, if for some reason it's not agreed upon, then we go to what's the norm in that society. So if you jump into a taxi or you want a lift somewhere, there's no meter in it, there's no way to stipulate how much you would pay, and you haven't agreed on a price, then here we'll go to what's the general price of this fare. So if it's 10 kilometers long in this city at this time, and we will pay the driver according to that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. The second hadith Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions in this sub-chapter, he speaks about the hadith of Hind radiallahu anha where she came to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam complaining about her husband and how he wasn't giving her or spending upon her enough. So the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam tells her خذي ما يكفيك وولدك بالمعروف Take that which is enough for you 
and your child. Bil ma'roof. What does bil ma'roof mean here? Did he say take 10,000 or take 100,000? No. According to what's the norm in your situation and your society. Not too much, not too little. What's enough? Again, this spending was not stipulated. No fixed number was given. So as long as she was not going against the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this instance, she was allowed to take that which was enough for her. The third hadith he mentions, the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, where she is speaking about the ayah wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders those who are looking after the wealth of orphans to look after it, to safeguard it. For those who are rich, for those who are independent and they don't need wealth, then they shouldn't take a wage or they shouldn't eat from the wealth of these orphans. As for those who are poor and the orphan actually has wealth and you are looking after it, you yourself are in need and it takes time and effort and resources in order to look after the, the wealth of this orphan, then وَمَنْ كَانَ فَقِيرًا فَلْيَأْكُلْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Whoever doesn't have enough, he's poor. Then he should eat بِالْمَعْرُوفِ That which is fair, not too much or not too little. That which is sufficient. So when it comes to this topic, the topic of the norms and the traditions of society in many, many, many aspects of the Sharia, we find that the specifics and the details are not mentioned. Rather, it's according to what the people in this society have agreed to take as a rule or as a general guideline, as long as this guideline does not go against the Quran and Sunnah. That is why one of the principles when it comes to fiqh agreed by all the scholars is al-'adatu muhakkamah. When it comes to the norms, the traditions, the actions of a group of people, if there is nothing stipulated in the Sharia. And they have certain norms amongst themselves that do not contradict the Sharia and are well known amongst them, then we will go according to these norms. So, for example, even when it comes to buying and selling and rent, etc., I give you an example here currently where I am in Medina. If you want to rent an apartment, the norm is that this apartment does not come with air conditioning, the kitchen is not fitted usually you will have to do that. So what happens if I go to somebody here in this place where the norm is no air conditions come with your apartment? No problem. I agree on the price. If I get to this apartment now and there are no air cons or there are no ACs, I cannot then ask the person in charge or the person who owns the building to say, you know what, According to our contract, you must bring it. No, because here it's become known, it's become the norm that anybody who rents, they must bring their own ACs. So if I want it before I get into this contract, I must stipulate. So whenever there is a problem, for example, we will go back to the norm and we will decide that, you know what, here in this place, the norm is that there is no AC or no kitchen. However, if you are in a country where the norm is all the people agree or the general practice is that every apartment comes fully equipped. So there is air conditioning and there is a kitchen, etc., etc. Then if the landlord or the person in charge does not provide here, we will tell them to provide because the norm in this place is that these apartments come fully equipped. 
So when it comes to this topic, again, as we mentioned, we should understand it. What goes against the Sharia, we leave it. However, what is complementary, what has not been stipulated, we return back to the norms and traditions and the culture of society at times, as long as it is not in contradiction. Another example, which is not really related to buying and selling, however, for us to understand the concept, when it comes to a guest, we are all ordered in the Sharia as Muslims to honor our guests. How do you honor them? Do you have to give them three meals or do you have to have the best of meals or do you have to allow them to sleep over at your house, etc., etc.? Here again, nothing has been stipulated. We are ordered to honor the guest for so many days. However, when it comes to his food, when it comes to his drink, we go according to what is known as being good practice in that society. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all goodness and beneficial knowledge. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.